I'd like to call the uh, Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, February 24th, 2017, in order. But the official record shows that the meeting started at four minutes out of five. Um, are there any additions, uh, Mr. Parker? There are, Your Worship. There is one in camera uh, under legal. Void Division 2, exceptions to disclosure is it's under Section 27, privilege information. And are there any deletions? There's one item, the uh, Joint Capital Fund RFD, we're going to be deleting for this meeting and we'll be bringing it back to the next meeting, Georgia. And the reason being is there's a number of errors in the briefing. Correct. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, I'd like to have an addition, which is uh, some council report information from myself. Okay. What's the title of that? Um, council reports and meetings. There's about five items. Okay. Do that. So there's uh, two additions, one deletion. Any others? Uh, motion to accept the agenda as amended. I would uh, move the agenda as amended, Your Worship. Okay. All in favor of Councillor Pino's motion? Yeah. Uh, minutes of the April 10th, 2017 regular council meeting were part of this agenda package for approval. Um, are there any any uh, corrections that need to be made, clarifications, etc., etc.? I'll make a motion to accept the minutes of April 10th as presented. All in favor? Are there any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, takes us, and are there any presentations? There are none, Your Worship. Okay, very good. Are there, uh, so that takes us to bylaws. Uh, the first bylaw that I see in front of us is bylaw 1891, and this is a bylaw to rezone river lot. 40 from residential to agricultural reserve. Uh, good evening, Your Worship. Uh, if I could make a requested amendment to the agenda, it's actually bylaw 1998, which amends bylaw 1981. Or 1891, rather. So proposed bylaw 1998 uh, amends or rezones a portion of River Lot 40 within the Shaftesbury Settlement from R1A District, so that's Residential 1A, to Agricultural Urban Reserve District. This parcel is subject to a subdivision application and right now because of the zoning and the development rights that that zoning confers, the developer would be required to undertake a geotechnical assessment as a, to support the subdivision application. However, the developer does not have uh, intention of developing the balance of the land and wishes to simply subdivide off one current residence from the balance uh, to facilitate, facilitate sale. Uh, so they would propose to rezone the balance to Ag Urban Reserve, which would negate the need for a geotechnical assessment. So our land use bylaw allows council to initiate a process to undertake an amendment to the bylaw. Um, and if council directs the development officer to initiate that application, then administration will 
provide a notice to the local newspaper for two weeks as is required by the MGA. So we are looking for council's direction to undertake that, that advertisement process and after that we'll bring it back to council for bylaw reading. Any questions of Ms. Mooney? This one could probably wait. There is an existing house on it and it's the house is located on that the cross hatched section of the plan, right? Up close to the existing That's correct, yes. Okay, correct. Okay. And that part would remain R1A, so it's not being rezoned. The other question I have, um, that lot will send right to the top of the bank. Is that correct? Uh, the lot the subdivision does include uh, an environmental reserve portion that would come up, but right now we're just talking about rezoning the land. And even if the land is environmental reserve, it the zone still extends to it. I guess I'm just figuring out how, how do we ensure that the future owner of that doesn't decide they want to put their house right on top of the bank? Like the town is, is part of the... You're talking about the balance of the land? Not the balance, like I'm just talking about the lot that is being asked to be subdivided out. Right, we do have controls in that regard to, uh, when it gets into building permit station development permits. Okay. So, so that's have, that's how you're proposing that we, we would have the mechanism use those as controls. Okay, great, thanks. So I understand the original concern is that uh, the uh, the riverbank, possible sloughing, sloughing of the riverbank, uh, you'd like to get a geotechnical report because it's, the current one is outdated. That's correct. And, but by turning into urban, urban reserve, is this what we call it? Um, you're able to, uh, I guess the farmer can, you just assume there'll be agricultural land, so farmer will go up to the edge of the property and hopefully not fall in. And it will be just one. Okay, and so we won't be endangering, uh, possibly endangering a number of housing developments. Okay, any further questions? Now, uh, someone want to make a motion on this? Everybody wants to make a motion on this? Mr. Mayor, I'll move that, um, the council uh, followed the, the recommendation to direct the development officer to initiate an application to amend the land use bylaw and tell me if this is the right numbers again, 1891 and advertise the proposed bylaw in accordance with section 9J of the land use bylaw 1891. All in favor? Bylaw 1950, uh, because of the passage of bylaw 1831, which is the off-highway vehicle bylaw. And uh, it 
sort of a housekeeping thing. We just needed to tidy up everything, make it properly operational. Uh, it should have been done both this time last year when I almost, well, I ended up in the hospital. It just sort of got knocked off the stove, not off the back burner. Okay, okay. thank you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're much better, Ms. Mr. Graham. So uh, the bottom line on the uh, off-road vehicle bylaw is there, nobody is allowed to utilize an off-road vehicle. The only thing they would be used to uh, let them use for is like for property maintenance. For property. Yeah, you want to clear your sidewalk, your driveway, you know, want to move, you know, you brought a load of logs into your driveway, you want to move them to the back of the house, that's fine. So they can't use it to run up and down Misery Mountain and uh, they better not be. Tear out the dirt. Okay. Uh, are there any questions of Mr. Graham on this? I would uh, propose a, a council will provide first reading to uh, 51950. All in favor? Anyone want to make a second motion on this? Your second reading? I'll move to uh, take bylaw 1950 to second reading, please. All in favor of Councilor Sontag's motion? Is there a desire to go to third uh, reading? Yes, Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to allow bylaw 1950 to go to third reading. All in favor? Would you care to make a motion on third reading then, Mr. Ford? Okay. Mr. Ford has put a motion on the table for third reading and uh, passage of bylaw 1950. All in favor? Passed. Uh, that takes us to bylaw 2001. This is the fees and charges bylaw. Good evening, Council. Before you is a request for a decision on um, approval, hopefully, of bylaw 2001, which is an update to the fees bylaw. During council or during budget deliberations, council um, had um, deliberated and um, had an increase of two percent to recreation fees, um, program fees, rentals, that type of stuff. Um, and this bylaw captures those changes for for the, the small cost of um, basically CPI increases for the provision of recreation services. Um, going to the bylaw, there is. One change that we noticed, and hopefully Council will accept this as a, a minor or friendly amendment. If not, we may have to go back and, and uh, redo uh, the bylaw. It's on page 10 of 15 of the bylaw under fall bindings. There is a classification for adult teams, age 18 and older which says it's $310 per team per season plus GST. That's an old number. It was raised to 350 last year. So the amount should be 360, $360 per team per season plus GST. Okay. Um, in short, none of the other fees had changed for the other areas. We did review planning fees, um, administrative type fees. Uh, there's nothing that warranted a change. Um, fees in the recreation side, so example, ice rentals, <coughs> cooler charges, they've 
uh, basically gone up by that two percent amount, and they're scattered throughout the, um, the document under recreation um, type services and and areas. We did not change fees for lessons and courses uh, at the pool. They had they had gone up um, the year previous, and the amounts uh, that were shown are probably reflective of a reasonable cost recovery number. The only other change that was made, and again, this is a minor one, but it is kind of important for the organization, is on page 14 of 15 of the bylaw, um, which says work orders. Mm -hmm. And um, what it said in the past, provisions of goods and services not normally provided by public works um, would be basically bumped up as an admin fee, 15%. So it'd be cost recovery plus that 15%. We added other departments such as airport information technology or other departments. So if we do um, work for other organ organizations or entities, um, those departments will see cost recovery plus a 15% admin fee. So again, if we do IT services for another municipality, airports required to do something, that's our, our basis for cost recovery. Questions of Mr. Town and Ms. Bell. Yeah, approximately about a year ago, we got into some pretty good discussion in regards to field usage fees, and uh, the numbers that were used back then were some of the usage fees kind of went uh, through the roof. So this is just a straight two percent across the board, and we're not going to see another. Uh, I would say extreme spike. And we didn't do an extreme spike last okay. year. Okay, and so these fees that are that are in the uh, that are in the agenda, those would be the new fees. Correct. Now, is there um, in the agenda package? I didn't see it of what the old fees were. No. So that there's a comparable, or is it just straight two percent? Just two percent with uh, rounding if required. Just that I, if I could, Mr. Tomlin, so uh, as an example, Schedule D, protective services, RSDMP, fingerprinting, insurance, et cetera. Uh, just pull on that string a little bit. From time to time, we come across uh, FOIP requests. So, uh, you know, policies, do we cover the costs of FOIP? Is this the document to do it? Or when people simply approach administration that the town office, they're provided with those costs? Or did I miss it in the document would be the other question. So, um, what would actually fall under the very first item under Schedule A, which is the administrative fee for research or production of information? So under the FOIP Act, there's a $25 charge for a FOIP request. Um, and then... So, so we don't actually say FOIP, we just say it is. So the Fight Act is, does talk about um, cost recovery and uh, ensuring that the town is able to uh, recover costs, whether they're photocopy car charges, printing charges, yeah, just, staff time. Sure. So. so if someone, I, I guess my point was that as long as we can point to a reference document when someone comes to the counter that they, we, you know, we're, we can 
Well, you point to a call and say, well, these are the calls. So yeah, and, and the act would probably override, well, they would override this bylaw. Okay. Just one more question. Um, page 915 of the document, under arena signage, very well. Zamboni advertising? Correct. Is that number actually high enough? That Seems is the current. To me. Inexpensive? Um, <laughs> that's, prime, that's prime advertising space. Yeah. And we didn't change any of the signage amounts. Um, we left them all the same. At this point, we felt that our user groups have made the turn to buying into the existing program so a fee change at this point might not be advisable so we leave it for another year and start looking at the new facility and we'll be making some suggestions at that time okay and the reason why i bring that i bring that up is because it's it's more business advertising that's on that rather than user group but it's a user group that facilitates okay. the purchase okay. yeah There's no further questions. I'll entertain a motion on uh, bylaw 2001. I'll move uh, first reading of bylaw 2001, the fees and charges bylaw. All in favor? Anybody wish to make a second reading? I would propose second reading to uh, bylaw 2001. All in favor? Anybody who wishes to make a motion to go to third, third reading? I'll make a motion to worship to go to third reading. All in favor? Is there anybody who wishes to make a motion on third reading? I'll make that motion to worship. Okay. All in favor? Pass. Uh, thank you very much. Hold um, on. Mr. Todd, you can stay here for bylaw 2000, the 2017 tax rate bylaw. Maybe that's why we have such a large gallery today. <laughs> the residents are interested. That's good. So this is a requirement of, of council to pass the tax rate bylaw for the upcoming uh, tax billing year um, pursuant to section 353 of the MGA. Um, so there's a whole bunch of information here and I'll go through this fairly quickly. Um, hopefully it's explained pretty well within within the um, document. Then we have these discussions during our budget deliberations as um, there was information that the assessments for the town would go down um, and there'd be a corresponding tax rate adjustment that would offset them and the discussion at the point was the residential or typical tax burden for residents should, should generally be unchanged and that has proven true through the information we've received. So total taxable or assessed value for the town has, um, it's gone down 8.9% from 1.059 billion to 93.8 million, $93 million. Sorry. Went down $93.8 million from 1.059 billion to 965.8 million. Um, and then the changes by our major assessment classification are shown on the table on the first page. So for example, single family residences 
went down 55.2 million, which is about a 9.2% reduction in assessed value. Uh, duplex properties went down almost 4%, apartments 11.6. Uh, commercial units 8.1%, uh, industrial 8.7%. Um, and then vacant lands went down at a, a lower rate and actually vacant residential lands had a slight increase. So overall, the assessments for the town went down just, just under 9%. Um, so during the budget deliberations, we talked a lot about required tax rate levies from the residential and commercial properties, um, which are basically unchanged from the previous year at $10.6 million. So the aggregate amount that the town requires in tax levies um, remains the same even though there are other cost pressures borne by the town, council felt it was important to try to um, maintain the amount that they collected in taxes. Um, so the relationship between assessments and property taxes are an inverse relationship. As one goes down, the other must go up if you want to maintain revenues and vice versa. So to achieve that, the proposed bylaw is calling for an increase in residential tax rates of 9.2%, which just happens to match the decrease in residential um, single-family dwellings, and a decrease in non-residential or commercial um, taxes of 8.5%. Um, in terms of what the ratepayer impacts will be, um, staff pulled sample properties from uh, six neighborhoods in town. Changes tend to be neighborhood dependent, and as you'll see here um, on the second table, um, generally most ratepayers will pay less this year in municipal taxes. I want to be clear, municipal taxes only. The assessments or levies from other um, organizations are increasing, but we are not um, responsible for setting those, just collecting them. Um, so, you know, again, the vast majority will pay less in municipal taxes this year. There's a few outliers. And again, you know, there's probably individual reasons why their assessed value didn't change at the same rate as others, whether they had other improvements, market value adjustments, or whatnot. Um, but generally on whole, you know, the, the typical taxpayer should pay similar, um, likely a little bit less than what they paid in 2016. Commercial properties are a little trickier. They're, um, they don't have these sort of um, similar adjustments across neighborhoods and areas. Um, so we weren't able to pull sort of a random sampling and say that, you know, this one, they're, they're all paying a certain amount less type thing. Um, but when you look at the aggregate of their, their classifications, um, the rate is going up 8.5%. Commercial decreases in that 8.1% is the group. So as a group, they'll pay a little bit more, 0.4% more than previous years. Um, so the information here on third-party requisitions, which is the for school boards and workpiece uh, housing, 2.6% um, increase on total requisition requirements for the school board, 6.7 for for housing. Okay, so if I can summarize that, 
Mr. Town, is that the average taxpayer in the town of Peace River will, uh, uh, their tax bill will remain more or less the same, plus or minus, let's say, um, $50, $50, and in general, minus more on the negative side. But uh, the tax, tax, the average taxpayer, their tax bill should be very much the same as last year's tax bill. That's correct, yes. And if there, they, if people do notice increases, uh, that is probably not because of municipal taxes, but an increase in school taxes and the North Peace Housing Foundation tax levy. That's correct also, yes. And what do you want from today's reading? Staff are looking to receive first, second, and third reading to bylaw 2000 the 2017 tax rate right. And this is very much uh, in line with with uh, the, the budget that we put out at the beginning of the year. That's correct. This, this achieves, these are the required requisitions to achieve the budget that council's approved. Anyone wishing to make first reading? Just a very quick question. Well, why don't we make a motion and you can. I would put a motion for your worship that we uh, provide uh, first reading to bylaw uh, 2000. You would like to uh, ask some questions or debate this further, Mr. No, no debate, just uh, one quick question just on page two on the, on the table. Just on the right there is impact on that chart. Down at the bottom under South End. Um, everything seems to be in rock. It's like 41, 42, 45. But when you when you get into the 2016 assessment and 2017 assessment, that number on the difference kind of stick out a little bit. I'm just wondering why, just for that specific area. Are you talking about the 50? Are you talking about the 52? Yeah. Yeah. So that was just a random property that was uh, selected. The assessment for that property only went down $22,000, or um, that's about four or five percent, whereas the other average assessments for this park for this neighborhood went down about nine and a half percent. So something happened to that property where their decrease was not in line with other properties. Whether there was, um, they may have done renovations, there may have been a, a, a transaction during the year, a home sale, or something like that, would, which would cause that property not to reduce at similar levels, and that's going to happen across the community. You know, the, these, the entire community residential properties do not go down um, between 10 and 8% on whole. There's other factors where if there's a reason for them not to be reduced, whether it's improvements, um, other transactions, um, you know, for example, other items that may have been missed in previous years, you know, those, those assessments are market value assessments and they would remain, um, they not be reduced at at just um, levels experienced by other people just because. Okay, so if I'm understanding it correctly, then if you would have looked at a different property or a couple of other different properties, that number would or could have been more in line with the rest of the numbers on that chart. Yes, I would, the vast majority, you know, I could have picked probably the, the properties on each four sides and they would be most likely a, at, a, at a reduced amount. Okay. Okay. Anybody have any other questions? I have a question here, sir. Uh, I understand random, I understand, at least I think I understand that. I want you to tell me how I explain to the taxpayer who looks at this and say, 
everything's down except for a few. How do you how do you explain that you're collecting about the same amount? It, it would seem like we'd be collecting less. Is it just that these random ones you pick happen to be the ones where their taxes went down, and there are if you picked a different set, they could have all been taxed. Yes. Um, so there the, the were real three change. standard deviations from the mean. Yeah. So <coughs> they're random. So you're asking him how he picked random. What well, I, I I guess it just to me there should have been like this that this doesn't appear to me to be random because like three I think three went up and the rest were down and so that to me that means if if the taxes we're collecting is is about the same then either there's a bunch of ones that went up that aren't shown here, or there's some that went up a lot. Would there be properties that weren't assessed last year that would contribute to some of that? So that's part of it. So there's gonna be new properties that weren't, weren't assessed or properties that were in construction. Um, so it may have been assessed at $500 in 2016, and that'll be five or $6,000 now since they're fully constructed. There's a market value transaction, so if the house is sold, Let's say it was assessed at $290,000. Now, based on the market price, it's assessed at $350,000. Um, those properties, and there will be some, uh, will experience significant increases. And but generally, you know, they're they're counted for, or they're they're easy, they're easy to be explained. So if you do have any residents who say my taxes went up $100, um, but it seems to me like everyone else went down, um, why? Well, we'd have to sit down with them and look at, well, what was the change in assessed value? There, there's probably a reason for that and be able to to look at those and talk about those with, you know, and as needed. And that's what you actually, you know, people question it, they come in, they can talk to you. So if people ask us, then we can direct them to you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm prepared to talk to anyone. You know, I don't know um, the reason individually why their assessments will go up, but we, um, the assessors in, in town, he's, um, would be able to, to ask him the reason why. Thank you. Okay, we have a motion on the floor from Mr. Needham. Or you want to ask another? No, nope, I forgot we had voted. <laughs> yeah. All in favor? Uh, somebody want to go to second reading? I'll make a motion to go to second or to provide second reading. All in favor? Uh, is there any desire to go to third reading? Yeah. I'll make that motion to allow bylaw 2000 to go to third reading. All in favor? And is there anyone going to make a motion? I'll make the motion to take the bylaw to third reading, Your Worship. You're a brave man. All in favor? Okay. Very good. So that takes us to uh, unfinished business. This is a, the Municipal Library Board bylaw. Um, yeah, Chelsea, if you could put your name in the record, so. You bet. Okay. Chelsea Ferguson, uh, Chair of the Town Peace River Library Board. So, uh, business today is to request decision on the Town of Peace River um, Library Board bylaws. Um, library Board uh, recently um, uh, revised the bylaws to reflect a uh, couple of additional items under 3.3, um, subsection 3.3, and as well to uh, update the fees for library cards. 
the library card to now free as uh, due to residents in the area um, with regards to the increase in budget that was granted by town council from this uh, last year's budget 2017. Question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so my question on that was, is that something? Because I, I sort of understood that that was an annual. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up as well. It's uh, I don't when we when we granted the free library memberships, that was our our 150th gift to the town <laughs> to to residents of the town of Peace River. Um, I don't think that the, the well, certainly myself and one other counselor certainly don't feel that that was a motion for for eliminating them forever. Um, so I guess we uh, we might have to debate that, take a look at that. Um, Your Worship, may I add yep. to that comment? Yep. So um, yes, during that conversation um, regarding the uh, request for the slight increase to the library budget. Um, it was discussed that perhaps the library could look at corporate sponsors for um, further years uh, to cover card fees. And that is something that the library has continued to look at and we are looking to ensure some um, funds there in place moving forward without having to ask the town for a budget increase as pertaining to library card fees. So we, we the library, the Town of Peace River Library Board, has plans to continue to ensure that library cards are free for the residents under by receiving corporate funding. Yeah, and I, I think that should be an easy sell. I think that's a, yeah, um, I, the publicity, uh, the positive publicity any corporation would get out of that would be enormous. So I, I think. Uh, and I, and I think we as a town will get a lot of uh, a lot of positive publicity by uh, making this our 150th year gift to the to the residents of the town of Peace River. I think it's on par with letting uh, Canadian citizens. I think anybody, not even just Canadian citizens, into the national parks for free. <laughs> uh, but uh, we. Uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, I think they'll be able to, to, to sell that pretty well, uh, but I think we'd be some uh, somewhat reluctant. Well, I, I would. It sounds like Councillor Benke would be a little reluctant to make it a, a blanket zero dollar. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I have two well, a comment and a question. Uh, first of all, question in Schedule A, it does indicate the library cards sub subscribed by the residents of the Peace Library System would be free. Is that really the intent, or like Peace Library System is all northwestern Alberta almost intended? So, yeah. so um, we that was discussed at a library board meeting, um, and library board did decide to pass that it would be available to that that fee free fee would be available to any resident of Peace Library System region um, due to. Um, a, we were following what Grand Prairie Public Library had set out in their bylaw schedule for fees, um, as well to further 
like to to create boundaries as to who which residents could obtain a free library card at the Peace River Municipal Library um, would involve professionals that our library staff do not have the capacity to we don't have that capacity of professionalism within the to, staffing at the Peace River Municipal Library and to contract out a service to develop boundaries of where exactly folks within the MDs outside of the town of Peace River that still fund the okay. Peace River Municipal Library, that's, yeah. we don't have that capacity on staff, nor do we have the funding to to uh, pursue a contract to, to get some. Yeah, uh, I guess my example, and in hindsight it doesn't really make sense, but say Hythe is in this Peace Library system, so somebody from Hythe could come over here and say, gee whiz, I'd like a free library membership, but I guess really they'd be a member of Hythe and probably just borrow anyhow. Yes, they do have the capacity to do that through Peace mm -hmm. Library System. Um, further to that, there was discussion, discussion amongst other board members as well that uh, here's a better example. Somebody from Grimshaw wanted to come and receive the, the free library card from Peace River Municipal Library. Um, yes, they might receive that free library card, but they're also stopping in our town and they're probably doing a visit to, you know, very, a gas station here in town, dropping some money. Um, they're probably visiting a few other businesses within town, um, kind of driving the economy. Okay, we all appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, just a, another comment, I was at a, the Regional Library Board meeting um, this past Saturday and the comment there was yes there is a definite trend for libraries to have free membership and in fact some of the libraries they actually recoup the cost of the free membership because they've got more people going in who pay more fines when their things are late <laughs> so <laughs> that's good or bad <laughs> so that brings it like Within 50 kilometers of the town, then, how many other libraries have free and how many are, are, are continuing to charge their residents? I do believe we would be the only free library. But the other libraries in the area are a very minimal fee. Um, it's in like 5 to $10 for an annual membership. And the other thing, like people with our free card from Peace River, we can take books out of the Edmonton Public Library, right? Yes, you can. to drive five hours to get a book out of the Edmonton Library. So, Mr. Mayor, I would uh, move that the Town of Peace River Library Board bylaw as amended be approved. So, the amendment being? I don't know. <laughs> the, the, yeah. <laughs> you got it. the card fees and the, um, the additions to some of the subsections in 2.3, we added 2.39 and then did just a little bit of, there were some spelling errors in some of those subsection points, so. Well, maybe we should go to uh, second reading. You can make the amendments and bring it back for third like, reading we next second week or yeah. week. Yeah. So, so we don't actually yeah. do that. To, uh, this is just accepting their bylaws. So their bylaws, they do their, it's, their it's more for information. Well, it, oh. we accept it, but yeah. we, we don't. So it is a normal So should I have not said as amended, as in the? I don't think it's required any longer. This was the report put forward from the previous meeting. So at that time, there was a a, a section in the report in regards to 
um, some questions that one of the council members had that the library has addressed by tweaking a little bit of the um, spelling errors and clarifications. So just accepting the proposed bylaw or the bylaw, and I would cite the, oh yeah, no, no, um, the library bylaw, period. And then it's filed with municipal affairs, just for information. So the changes we identified last time and we talked about in council, yes. those can change all incorporated. So I gotta go back and confirm that yep. it looks like they were addressed. So all right, oh, I'll make that motion then to Great. accept the, uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry. I did. <laughs> yeah. There was a motion on the floor. Yeah, there was a motion on the floor. We're just we're just uh, kind of the, the, uh, the wording. So uh, the the your motion will be to accept the proposed uh, town of East River Library Board bylaw. Correct. Okay. All stop. Okay. All favor. That's why, okay. <laughs> you your, your worship, while we're just. That's why you didn't have a number in front of it. That's right. That's why Correct. Did. That's why it wasn't under the bylaw section, also. Well, it was actually. Well, was it? No. No, it was just. No, it was under rules, yeah. So. <laughs> okay, very good. <coughs> that takes, all right, is council uh, ready to go through? Uh, New business, I think this will be actually pretty quick. Most of these should, should be pretty straightforward. So uh, under under new business, uh, I I want to uh, take an opportunity here uh, to, to present a number of certificates of appreciation to, uh, to at least two uh, Town of Peace River residents and uh, if I could, and perhaps we could get council to, to uh, come up as well, and we'll have a picture, a photo, photo op. Um, so if I could, if I could uh, ask Ms. Shelley Shannon to come forward. Shelly, I think maybe yes, this would be the best. <laughs> I tried to make that explode. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I should shake your hand. Are we in or out? You're out. <laughs> Let me get my glasses on. <laughs> I'm slipping on my nose. Shelly, I want to give you uh, this certificate of recognition for your contributions to the town. Particularly, your work with the uh, with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, uh, I I would say that you, at the risk of maybe uh, annoying some people, that you turned around the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I think there were uh, a lot of people that were leaving the Chamber of Commerce, and I think you you've uh, you, you've uh, stopped that flow and you turned that around and. And I say that because the Chamber of Commerce is an important part of this town and it certainly contributes to the economic well-being of this town. And, and I'm very, uh, not, not only impressed with your work, but I'm also impressed with the work of the current pres president of the Chamber of Com Commerce, uh, Shelley Sorensen. Uh, I hope we 
she doesn't pick seashells up by the seashore. <laughs> but, uh, um, but perhaps the, uh, the moral of that story is that if you want a job done well, hire a woman and preferably one with a first name of Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, unless we, uh, no, I've got a, I've got it's a nice shield, so uh, maybe we'll just get you to move in. Okay. And um, I think, Leslie, we really appreciate all the work that you've done. You, you not only have been a town councillor and, and gone through, <laughs> gone through that page. <laughs> And uh, you, you made and you made a lot of contributions there, but you also made a lot of contributions uh, uh, being the uh, chair of the library board. And it was probably because your lobbying efforts that the town of Peace River uh, <laughs> made library memberships free. <laughs> and uh, but you've also contributed in a lot of other ways with your uh, work with the Leche League and and other uh, medical initiatives. And we really appreciate it. And what's the date today? The twenty
The next item under the uh, under new business is proclamation of National Day of Mourning. This isn't the flyby. Are you doing the National Day of Mourning? I am also doing this. I'm the chair of our Joint Health and Safety Committee, and okay. as such, I've been. Welcome, Mr. Well, Ms. welcome, Mr. Stewart. Uh, I think this one is fairly straightforward. Um, are there going to be any? Uh, does anybody want to debate this? Anybody? <laughs> no objections to the recommendation for administration. Okay. If uh, we would, uh, somebody make a motion on this item. Uh, I put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, to proclaim April 28th uh, as Day of Mourning. Okay, very good. All in favor? Uh, the next item up is a letter of support for a flyby. Uh, here again, uh, the administration is asking for uh, the mayor to sign a letter to support uh, uh, a flyby by the, uh, the RCAF. What do they call themselves? The Snow Angels? Snowbirds. Snowbirds. Okay. Snow angels is something. The snow jumping program. Okay. Very so, um, uh, if there's, uh, are there any objections to administration's recommendation on this item? Seeing none, I'll take a motion to. Uh, I'll accept the motion on this item. That's in line with the recommendation. I'll make the motion to, um, as presented by administration to uh, enable the mayor to sign the authorization letter for the flying. All in favor? Very good. Thank you, Mr. Stewart. You, you did an excellent job up there, too. <laughs> 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 That's the least I sense. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I guess we'll. Uh, well, I, I think it's. Well, the next item, please come forward. Mr. Harris, so you're looking for either the mayor's attendance or his designate at our uh, our very our rather famous Northern Heat Co Conference, and yes, um, and this will be May the fourth. Okay, so I'm incorrect. And what what time would you need the mayor? Eight a.m. Eight a.m. And if I can't attend, is there anyone here that would be willing to? Uh, I've got a, I've got a pre meeting that day. So. Well, I'll I'll probably make it. If not, I'll I'll get somebody. Okay, um, I will designate somebody to, to go and attend. Um, so I think uh, there shouldn't be any objections to this recommendation. But somebody can make a recommendation to uh, in line with administration. I'll make that motion to uh, Enable the mayor and designate yeah. to bring uh, opening remarks to the fire chief's conference. Okay. All in favor? Okay. Everyone in favor of that? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Uh, the next item was uh, item five was deleted, so we'll go to six. Um, and we're bringing back that item five, and if not the next meeting, the meeting after that. Uh, item six is a uh, 
is a request for a decision around the ratification of the collective agreement with uh, CUPE, QP898. And uh, is there somebody that's going to lead the briefing discussion on this? Ms. Bell and Mr. McQuaid. And Director Town. And Mr. Town, okay. Uh, your Worship and, and Council, uh, this evening's report is the final overview. Let's stop for a few moments. Um, the actual report, uh, the two-page report, was actually sent out earlier today. Or sorry, it was, it was sent out on Thursday. Okay. But the other documents got uploaded today, so I don't know oh. if Council had an opportunity to see it. Okay. And it's all down right now. All of our oh. computers are down. So, can we photocopy those, uh, Your Worship? Maybe I suggest we take a take break, a break or another thing, so that Council actually sees before them what they're voting on. Okay. Um, why don't you um, go ahead and uh, make those 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 um, copies, and I will. We will go rather than waste time waiting for you guys to uh, photocopy. We will jump to item eight: uh, Museum Board appointment. Uh, I think you're probably pretty familiar with this one, Mr. Sajak, are you not? I think it's fairly straightforward. Uh, it was a Actually, I was on holidays from that. Uh, yes, decision was made by the museum board, so I'm not that familiar <coughs> with it. Okay. I can speak to it, to your worship. Autumn is going to do some photocopying for um, The report is in regards to a museum board member application. The museum board did review Mr. Luke Vandervenen, his application on their March 15th board meeting, and was pleased with the complimentary um, skills that this individual and perspective will bring to the board. There is a vacancy at the, on, the, on the board, um, and the board does provide a recommendation to council to appoint said individual uh, for a three-year term. When you speak highly of his skills, uh... Uh, perhaps you can maybe uh, highlight the skills that he's bringing to the museum board. Unfortunately, I also was not at that meeting, <laughs> so I can't provide you with the exact details of that discussion. He works for Environment and Parks, that's a positive thing, right? That he does, and he, uh, Dave Walty spoke highly of him on, at the board meeting. He has a master's degree in biology and has volunteered experience working and coaching sports teams and working with various community organizations. Okay, and uh, administration's recommendation on this was to approve the appointment of Mr. Luke Van... Vanderbenden, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, someone want to make want to make a motion to that effect? I'll make that motion, Your Worship. All in favor? Passed. Um, should we? could probably jump to if you can give if you can uh, maybe speak to the highlights of the uh, briefing note on the Peace Regional Recreational Center. Mm -hmm. I realize that the computer systems are down, but uh, the show must go on. Yeah, I, because there are numbers associated with that, I'm 
I'm hoping uh, uh, our IT department will either get the server up or uh, or we'll have to make since it deals with dollars, we should probably make up new copies for those board members that don't, don't have access to our copy. Uh, so, uh, the Peace Regional Recreational Center, perhaps a verbal update. Your worshiping council, just uh, wanted to make uh, yourselves aware of where we are in the process. And uh, over the last two weeks, we shortlisted five contracts that we are going to submit full tenders to for uh, the, the final tender submittal uh, document. And we're uh, gathering final documents uh, today and tomorrow. And looking at uh, to issue those documents to contractors tomorrow uh, going forward. So uh, through that process, we did receive 18 submittals. So uh, of those 18, it was a very tough choice to narrow it down, but narrow it down we did. Uh, so I think we've got some excellent contractors on board to, to bid on the package. And so where we go from here is, uh, as I said, well, issue contract documents uh, on the 24th of April and we'll be tendering that out to the 16th of May at which point we'll close and have requested to close uh, be here in town and so that way if any of the mayor and council wanted to the, uh, the tender close uh, that ability uh, would be available to them as well as any of our regional partners as well for this, we felt that it was important also to make sure that our contractors would attend the mandatory site visit, especially with the demolition of the existing arena, so that they uh, are fully aware of the scope that that entails. And uh, finally, you know, we hope to, uh, after we've closed on the 16th of May, we'll take a, uh, about a week or so to uh, Get our recommendations together so that way we can bring forward a recommendation for award on the 23rd of May. And we're still looking towards mid June for a side term at this point. Mid June? Mid June. We have a very, very tentative date for June 13th for side turning. We've spoken to the other municipalities um, of what would work on a Tuesday to sort of catch them all when they're in. Um, council meeting so that's a very tentative date at this point and we'll confirm that in the week so the uh, BMI doesn't have to have their trailer out there until June the 15th <laughs> probably a day or two after that June 7th <laughs> 11 59 <laughs> so with this if everything goes as planned here um, shovel in the ground for them actually to be doing something July 1? On thereabouts. Uh, we'll probably be looking at them mobilizing to site uh, the month of June and for them to get their site trailers up, get their site fencing up. So, yes, by the time we actually get heavy equipment on the ground and start grading, we'll probably be looking at you know, the first week of July, last week of June, first week of July. And so that's a couple months later than we had hoped, I think. But so what what would be the timeline to have this thing finished and uh, ready to be occupied? Well, we're still looking at completing, uh, thinking probably either December 2018 or January 2019. 
which is kind of in our game plan uh, all along, and then you would need probably a month or two to complete move-in, uh, complete commissioning of the systems, getting people up and running before we actually had uh, a hard opening in probably March of 2019. So really the ice would not really be in for that till the fall of 2019, really? That's correct. Because we want to be able to get in there and actually take in, uh, put in and take out the ice a couple times in the main facility before we invite the public into that. We may have opportunities, you know, for uh, maybe a, a little bit of a soft opening. There's opportunities for uh, residents to go in ahead of time to see various elements of the arena. But I think when it comes to uh, full operations of the arena, we'd still be looking probably next year for 2019. Any uh, further questions of either Ms. Bell or Mr. McQuaid? Okay, so tender, tenders are going out to tomorrow or the day after that. You can't uh, at this time uh, reveal who the shortlist is. Oh, we, we that's yeah. public knowledge. Is that in the uh, badge? Yeah. That's in the briefing notes. Uh, Clark Builders, Scott Builders, Bird Construction, Marshall Lee Construction, and Ellis Dock Construction. And I've worked with all these individuals at one point or another. And uh, so we should select somebody in two weeks' time? Did I hear you right? Or? Uh, about the 16th of May, so like three weeks. Process time. And then side turning June 13th? Tentatively, we're looking at June 13th. There's, there's no tentative dates here. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure we pick a date that accommodates everyone. Okay, maybe a motion to accept our information. No further questions. Uh, Mr. Needham made that motion. All in favor? Uh, everyone should have now in front of them a uh, photocopy of the, <clears throat> the proposed 2017 to 2019 QP Local 898 and uh, Town of Peace River Collective Agreement and uh, 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 summary of changes. And uh, I will take, I understand Ms. Bell and Mr. McQuaid, you will uh, lead the discussions on it. That's correct, Your Worship. Um, the following report provides Council with a summary of all <coughs> the changes. Um, as noted in the uh, RFP, the agreement was ratified as noted all the, with all the included changes on April 18th by the union membership. Um, administration pre pre presents to Council the summary of changes as we previously discussed, the including the term being a three-year term, wages as discussed at 1.25%, two and two for year two and year three. Uh, minor change to vacation at the 25-year mark or the 24-year mark. We're bumping up the vacation in your 25th year as opposed to the, your, no, 24th year, yeah, now you're 20, no, you're 20, I, I can never get these. We're advancing, <laughs> yeah, we're advancing the 30 calendar days for year to year 25 instead of year 26. 26, that's what it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, 
Um, there were some slight wording changes on rest periods. Uh, we actually put it into a chart to simplify it. It was in uh, a long wording document previously. Uh, the chart just simplified the issue. Um, shift differential changed to a percentage from a 75 cent an hour rate. Um, seniority, a lot of the language was heavily cleaned up. Um, in addition, we've slightly tweaked the definition of seasonal employees from 18 months to 12 months. We added some language in regards to maternity and paternity leave. The agreement was silent on this topic previously. Bereavement leave, we've added additional two days for travel if required or when proof is provided. Um, sick leave. This is where we've had some significant changes. Um, we've added some language in regards to employees on sick must not be uh, completing any work for wage or profit except as proved by the town. They were silent on this issue previously. Um, periodic medical exams required by the employer um, are now going to be paid for by the employer and we could also designate a doctor. Um, also, if there is a sensitive issue in regards to their medical issue, medical examination, um, we could have a discussion with the employee of an acceptable practitioner that both parties can agree upon. Um, under benefits section, we added the healthcare spending account with a minimum value, annual value of $1,000. Um, there were significant language changes within the grievance procedure. Um, for example, under the grievance policy, steps one and two can be bypassed at the union or employer's discretion. Um, if you have a major policy grievance, uh, speaking to the supervisor isn't going to change anything on policy, so there's no point in step one and two as the supervisor director policy changes are CAO level. So sort of eliminate um, a time issue. We added um, some verbiage around group grievances. There was nothing in there previously. Um, we added some language or changed some language around technical reasons. Um, in addition, casual employees, this is new language, have been added around, uh, they may not grieve a reduction in schedule hours or, nor the termination of their employment. Probationary employees um, only have access to steps one and two. This is a significant change also. Um, unless it's a human rights issue. Temporary and seasonal staff um, are also not able any longer to grieve the normal termination or the end of their contract of their employment. Uh, there was a slight increase to foot wear safety footwear allowance and then there was a significant change in the attachment on the wage grid um, the bulk of the change is the water wastewater component and the work that um, director McQuaig has done in standardizing to the provincial standards for those positions um, and then the rest of the chart provides you an overview of what the wage, wage rate would be per year with the um, increase for each of the categories.
Any questions of either uh, Ms. Bell or Mr. McQuig or uh, or Mr. Uh, Mr. Town? Go ahead, uh, oh, okay, thanks. Um, five, the shift differential. The change from a per hour to a 3.5%. Um, help me here since I don't understand hourly wage kind of stuff. 3.5% of what? The wage. wage. The wage. Okay. So, certain, certain instances, actually, 3.5% means that certain employees are actually getting less than that 75% shift differential. Some of the higher wage employees would collect a little, a little bit more. So, uh, 3.5% is. So, I, I'm not disagreeing with the percentage, I'm just what was it of? Like, so everybody but reading that understands that it's. Yep. Yes. There's additional um, uh, wording around oh. within the actual agreement. This is just a summary of the changes. Okay. There's a full document that's created with all of the changes collectively. I have uh, three questions. Uh, the first one is under 11 benefits, uh, specifically to the healthcare spending account. Why a thousand? Why a thousand dollars? I've only like I'm just comparing it to other businesses. I've only ever seen it as high as 500. The, our current uh, healthcare spending account is 1,000. Okay. And my second question is: Does that carry from year to year, or do you have to use it within the 12 months? Like use it or lose it? You can carry one year, additional year. Okay. And my last question would be section 13 on the safety footwear allowance. Uh, the increase it to 250 a year. There again, is that the same question? Is that carried over? Is it use it, use it or lose it in 12 months? Correct. No accumulation for that. Oh, wait a minute. Ice. I think there was a two-year accumulation yeah. max in the current wording. So if it, does that mean they'd have five hundred dollars possibly? Possibly. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Uh, question for me: Was there agreement with CP as to when and how the retroactive pay will be handled? Um, no, we typically what ends up happening with our retroactive pay is once the uh, ratified by both parties, the agreement is put in place and then um, payroll is um, consulted through the director of finance and they find a, so there's no specific date, but fairly soon. Okay, so there's, there's no, uh, oh, so you could have it when you get, there's no, there's no negotiated date. So it would be the April. And then it, it typically within the next four weeks, four to six weeks. And then uh, just, I should know this, but uh, the sick leave provisions are, uh, so their application to other staff, uh, managers in particular. So these, this clause is broad based then and applies to all town employees now, or is it just the QP employees? Where's the... This is specifically to unionized employees. However, as in our agenda package later on this evening, the sick leave policy applies to all employees. So I... There'll be slight, so ever so slight difference, not much. That's where I was wondering. Okay. The policy will um, take 
the bulk of the direction is in the policy and it's not in this agreement. So therefore we utilize the policy for all employees. I'll move that uh, council uh, accept the recommendation to ratify the collective agreement between the Town of Peace River and QP Local 898 for the period January 1st, 2017 through December 31, 2019. All in favor? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that we can go back to uh, I think we should go back to the six sick leave policy. Uh, people should have access to their computers again. <coughs> and, uh, and who is speaking to the sick leave policy? Uh, I'll be speaking on that. Uh, here, Richard. Uh, um, and, and before I move on, what I would like to do is I would actually like to uh, publicly thank the negotiating team. Uh, I will be taking them out, uh, uh, and, and Leanne was part of that team. Just to, just to let you know, it was one of the fastest negotiations that they've had. And uh, uh, they just can't remember when was the last time it was that fast. And they did a very good job. So it was very congenial. Um, yeah, so I just want to publicly say that they did a, a phenomenal job. And, and uh, the union team was very, yeah. very good. So I take it it was a win-win negotiation. It was a win-win, it really was actually, uh, to be quite honest. Um, so with that, uh, I will take you through to the uh, sick leave uh, policy here. Uh, this policy was brought before you at the uh, AMD. So if I may, um, we don't have internet access in the problems of TELUS. We reset the router and it seems to be working. We're willing now. to talk to tell us about it. It was their deal. This one's their problem. So uh, with that, uh, it, the sick leave policy was uh, reviewed by uh, council at the Governance of Priorities um, meeting. However, there was just one change that occurred since then. And that was under section, uh, what is that? Uh, changing from five to six days, and that was for, where is that? Family. Family. So, um, that was, and, and that was the matchup with the union agreement you just uh, passed right now. Um, we are keeping the uh, 90 days, or we're going to 90 days for uh, accumulated uh, amount of sick days that you can accumulate and uh, basically those are the major big changes that we've done in here. Okay, any questions of staff? Just uh, one question your worship. In, in this sick leave policy and I'm just going to refer back to the, uh, the agreement is there uh, I'm just not seeing it unless I missed it. Is there a spot in here where um, the CAO can, can ask uh, to get a, a doctor's second opinion? Where is that in there? Okay, there are multiple locations where um, we require a note 
after five days of leave, as an example, um, or extended periods after that. Yeah, there is multiple locations of which I'm sure I won't be able to find them now since it's down. Seven point eight is one, I think. Yes. Yeah, seven point eight. Yeah. Nine point five. Yeah. Excess of three days scheduled vacation. There's one. Um, there was a five day one that. Uh, you just oh, nice. you're right there. It's on the top of your page, nine point four. Correct. Yeah. And then also under the leave of absence section, it's referenced again. It was one of the significant updates to the sick leave policy that we ensured was there. So I guess what the point I'm trying to make is, so for instance, if the employee falls through all of this, yeah. and does the CAO have the right to ask that employee to go see a different doctor? Not and the reason, the reason, the reason why I ask that is when you get into, when you get into situations of uh, mental illness or, or uh, um, that kind of that kind of stuff. As long as they're a licensed practitioner, um, I think that's all we can ask for. We can't necessarily go back and ask for second, third, or fourth opinions. I believe that we still retain the right as an employer if we require that employee to uh, go for something specific, uh, whether asbestos testing or something like that. The employer still retains the right to direct the employee to a position of the town's choice to do an assessment uh, on that employee. Uh, if, if the nature of that is sensitive, then that would probably open up where it becomes more of a negotiated item of which position they would go to. But generally, I think we still retain the right well, let me maybe I'll ask a question to Mr. Parker then. Is if an employee came to you with a note about stress sleep, how do you handle that? What would happen is they'd actually take that not to me, they'd take to the HR department. HR department then review that and they would say, okay, this individual is offset. So, um, in, in, in that, and really. That's basically how that's handled at, at that point in time. I'm not supposed to really know, and no one else is really supposed to know uh, <laughs> why they're, they're, they're off other than the HR. Now, what will happen is during the process, uh, we can, if they're off for a, a period of time, then we can ask for a extended note, and that's, that is covered under uh, section 9.6, I believe, when it requires that, um, and it says the description and nature of the employee's condition, expected date of return, and specification of any limitations on the employee's ability to work. Um, so we would probably follow up if it's a long-term thing with that document. We no, we would probably we would follow up on that because we have done that in the past here. And then in that case, you might have a, a, an employee that let's we'll say it's stress, but I don't know that. But the doctor comes back and says, yeah, well, this person can't work in this particular position, 
but they can work in a different position. So then we have a duty to accommodate and try and find some work for that person in a different form. I, I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it kind of, kind of, sort of, but the town still would not have, have wouldn't have the right then to, to ask that specific employee to go see a different position. to approve it is that what the uh, administration is looking for and that is correct uh, put a motion on the floor to accept the uh, uh, administration's recommendation to approve the updated revised security policy all in favor <clears throat> so um, the the next um, well, I think the next item was the uh, spring cleanup and seeing that we have internet access, uh, we should deal with that one. Uh, Mr. McQuaid, I believe you're probably reading this discussion. Yes, Your Worship. Uh, so this is uh, presented to Council as a uh, briefing out uh, as the expenditure falls within the CAO, CAO's limit. Uh, so we'll just be bringing this to council for information. Uh, so as part of the spring cleanup, we uh, went out to tender for the provision of 10 uh, 30 yard bins uh, to be located in the Centennial parking lot, similar to what we did in the fall. So we are just going to recreate that same scenario in the Centennial parking lot. Uh, so for 10 days, we will be taking up two lanes of that parking lot and readjusting their, uh, their rental parkers that, uh, that are normally parked in those areas will just accommodate them in other parts of the parking lot. Uh, the other change that we're going to do from last year is reverse the traffic flow from where we were last year so that way we're not going to bunch up into the street behind the fire hall so we'll bring them through the other end of the parking lot and proceed through there. Uh, one other change from last year is uh, in talking with uh, the regional landfill, uh, in talking about Swatsky, uh, we're also going to pro uh, provide uh, four other uh, igloos to collect uh, other waste, such as e-waste and, and whatnot that would be normally collected uh, at the recycling center. We'll make some provisions down there to collect that waste down there as well. So providing some additional service for our residents uh, as part of this as well. And you're having the cleanup uh, when? So the cleanup is going to be from the 12th of May to the 22nd of May. And you're bringing igloos in? Yes. Say no. So and they'll be open from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. I do have a question for Ms. Yim. Um, what's the communication strategy on this one? This is a highly anticipated biannual event. Uh, you're right, correct. It is highly anticipated. Um, I just got the finalized details on what can and can't go into the cleanup this year, so we'll be putting that online the next day. Okay, and lots of fanfare around it? Lots of fanfare? Yes. Was the right 
So, um, can somebody bring an old stove down? They can? Like, where is it in here? No, I just want to know for sure. <laughs> you never know what I might have arriving there. Um, I, I'm just uh, also a little bit concerned about just putting it on the website because, you know, this is the first year that we don't have uh, little memos going out with our um, water bills and so on that would maybe normally have advertised this or something. Maybe it's the water bills? Uh, the lot since I've been here, we've only done the web, or also through uh, newsletters, the community services newsletter. Yeah. Um, but we can. There's enough time to get it into the water bills for the next printing. I would suggest. I would like to suggest that that's what happened, just to really. And promote we do it. have a little bit budget for advertising. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Just be plenty. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Any other questions on the uh, uh, and who's the provide who uh, who's being selected for this? Oh, it'll be the Nesky uh, group. Where is it? Okay. It is the Nesky. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. I thought it was the other one. Yeah, that wasn't that clear actually on the. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the other one. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, based on the budget, was awarded to the Nesky group. So Mr. Needham usually asks, asks a question about stuffing the bins. So there's a town person there or, or someone that looks at the bins? Yes, we'll have uh, two uh, casual contract staff attending the site and uh, helping residents uh, with that and managing uh, the site. And we're also uh, doing some temporary fencing around the site similar to last fall. So hopefully that will contain some of the spread of uh, mess around and uh, anybody getting in after hours. So is this, is this specific to residential and or commercial? Because it doesn't stipulate between. It is two. strictly for residential. Okay, and that will state that because it doesn't state it in here. Yes. We're not sure we found white good. So was it called something else maybe? Is sheet metal or something? <laughs> well, dry waste is anything that doesn't leach. So it would be that. I can go back and re-clarify. This is the, the list that uh, original landfill sent me as to what they accepted. Um, like things like lawnmowers? Is yes. that in here? And I think, yeah, and I, I can put a little more definition into that when we go to residents. Okay, thanks. It is a valid point because again, are they going to accept fridges and freezers with Freon in them or that's going to be a specific? Well, usually they take it at the landfill and they, they have the removal facilities for Freon. So. Yeah. 
Does it charge for that go away? I think that's the better, that's the whole purpose of this this cleanup is to get people to uh, bring it without worrying about extra charges here and there, so we we don't litter the countryside with it and uh, take care of their freon problem. I'm assuming that the landfill people will uh, Peace Peace Regional Waste Management Company will have the same view of. Yeah, the same philosophy as I do. That that was the whole purpose of getting into a regional waste management group was to and and to put on this type of event so that people don't uh, aren't dissuaded by the the, uh, the fare out to the landfill and and some of the rigmarole that goes with that and then just end up putting it on the back forty somewhere. So. We hope to encourage people to take care of their waste in a sound and sound manner. And that was one of the reasons that uh, this year we decided to kind of expand our what we would be taking with uh, the addition of the acres. So we'll be taking car batteries, uh, fluorescent light bulbs, things of that nature that we weren't accepting before. So the uh, person can drop off electronics. Yes. There this year. Yes. Then before they use the sound off the hill. Okay, very good. Uh, perhaps a motion on this. What's the motion you're looking for on this? Set it for information. Okay, all in favor? As you can see, it generated lots of uh, lots of interest, so uh, it would be worthwhile to uh, make a good publicity splash out of this. Um, we dealt with the Peace Regional Recreational Center. And I believe the only one under new business that we haven't dealt with is funds for lunchroom renovations. So perhaps uh, we can go to that item. And Mr. McQuaig is dealing with that again. Uh, so your worshiping council, uh, one of the items that we had looked at for the town hall building renovations in 2016 was expanding the lunchroom facility uh, downstairs. And uh, at that time, we had allocated $36,802 uh, to complete uh, our complete renovations for the town hall, which included that lunchroom. So that lunchroom renovation did not happen in 2016, and uh, we kind of looked to defer that to 2017, but it was not included in the 2017 budget. So what we're looking at uh, asking council is to approve the expenditure of uh, funds to carry out those lunchroom renovations. And that funding would be sourced from the general capital revenue. And I've just kind of put a little sketch on there of what the renovations would uh, entail. But basically we're looking at kind of reconfiguring that existing corridor down there, the existing lunchroom, and the existing file room adjacent to it and combining that into one lunchroom. And what we're looking at is, you know, it would become uh, a better team building area for uh, for our staff uh, to have lunch uh, instead of kind of being spread throughout the building, and also kind of a gathering point to, to celebrate birthdays and uh, or for just uh, for staff meetings as well in there. 
And you mentioned general capital revenue. What you meant was general capital reserves. That's correct. Just want to clarify that yeah, for I anyone that may listen to the podcast. Okay. Uh, any questions? Do you put a note on your existing file room? So I'm assuming you're going to reallocate some space somewhere else for files, or are we just uh, yeah, uh, disposing of a bunch? No, what we've done is kind of over the last uh, probably about six months, we've been revamping our file room down there. So we have two file rooms down there, part of which was uh, to carry some of uh, the swag for uh, the communications uh, coordinator, and that has been moved upstairs. Uh, we had some existing maps that were down there. Those got brought into our engineering file storage in the basement. And then the other file room, uh, we've kind of cleaned that one up and we did it. So what we're doing is keeping three years of current engineering files in that space and the remainder is going down into the engineering file room in the basement. Thank you. Um, so does this mean you're removing walls? Yes, we'll be kind of removing that one partition wall. It's not a, a bearing wall that is between the existing lunchroom and the existing file room. And we would probably look at that wall structure that is in the existing corridor. Uh, within that, we may have to look at, uh, once we take it apart, which pillars may have to remain as load-bearing elements. And is there likely to be as asbestos in something there? I think Ms. Manzer was watching HGTV just yesterday. <laughs> I think I saw the same program. <laughs> That's always the question you should ask. Yes, and it is a very good question. Uh, I can't answer that until we actually start looking into it. Okay, and my last question, um, not to insinuate uh, anything, but um, so we have facilities staff that they know how to regulate how to properly take down walls and move electrical and all that stuff or is that hired out of this thirty-five thousand? uh part part of it would be subcontracted the electrical would be delegated to an electrical contractor the mechanical would be delegated to a mechanical contractor but the balance as much as we can the balance can be done by your in-house staff and council, this is one of the areas that uh, um, to, to reach out to the uh, uh, school board. Uh, they have um, red seal carpenters and also uh, electricians, and they have offered. And I'm going to take them up on their offer, and I'm going to make a different offer for them. So this is we're, we we have this budget. I'm going to try and keep it much below that if we can. So I kind of follow-up question to Councillor Foster about the files. You said the files are going down in the basement. What is the elevation of the basement relative to the top of the dike? <laughs> I've been through a case where you've lost your files due to flood. Like, yes. Ed, we're we're I, not in that, that section of the basement that it flooded. Uh, we're probably at least a meter above that flood line. Okay. <laughs> I won't go for it if it's going to put it in a flood danger. So, just uh, one other question. I know council was talking about this a while ago, but we're when we're talking about the renovations to the building, we're also talking about barrier-free access as far as wheelchair accessibility and that. How does that all fit into this as well? 
the, we are looking at uh, the barrier free access in terms of uh, the ramp area there and primarily uh, one of the items that we're looking at over the next two years is the ability to put uh, a lift in that one ramp area there to provide a lift up to the second floor. So I think that's one of our major barrier free uh, projects that we're looking at in the future. Uh, motion. Mr. Mayor, I'll move that um, Council approve the expenditure of up to $35,000 from the General Capital Reserve and approve the administration's use of the town's facility maintenance staff to complete the renovations on the town hall lunch room. All in favor? Uh, passed. So, our, uh, do councillors want a breather? At this point, a break. Or do we, should we go through reports and go through council reports? We still have uh, five and ten under new business, do we not? No, we don't have five. We said we deleted five. Oh, joint capital? Yeah. There were some errors in the briefing. <coughs> um, so, what's the consensus? Do you want to check registry anyhow? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that will take us to reports. Uh, check. We have two check registries, one from April 3rd and one from April 10th. Are there any questions of administration on those uh, check registries? I had a question. I was breezing through those and I noticed we have some two uh, checks written to other municipalities, there's Beaver County, and I think there was another one for Sexsmith or something, Clarisville maybe. Why, what would that be about, if you don't mind me asking? Are we subsidizing other municipalities? <laughs> Are we that wealthy? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'll have to have, have those pulled up, and I'll, I will get those answers for you. I, I don't have them before. I also have one about Parkland Geotech. Okay. Um, Yes, Ms. Um, Ruckway can talk about that one. That's the, the company that is doing the 99th Street slide. Oh, okay. So, so it's part of that. Or, yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, okay, that's fine on that one. Um, there's one to the town of Peace River there for about 5,000. And, and is that the water kind of tracking the water usage or something like that? Most likely that's me. Yeah. So again, the cleanest way to do it is to have water accounts. And for us to be able to track what we what those transactions are, we actually bill ourselves, put a check pay ourselves, so it's a nice clean, transparent uh, line. So those would be water charges. So we'd have to watch out for one that says the office is a CAO. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other questions? If not, we have a motion to accept the check registry for information. I'll do that, Your Worship. Okay, I'll uh, that takes us to council's reports. Uh, we added an item here, so I will make that number three. But number one is a, a briefing note regarding ice safety, and I believe Mr. Ford will speak first. And thank you, Your Worship. On uh, March 31st, um, the uh, Alberta Health Services, RCMP, and the Peace River Fire Department made five presentations in three schools in regards to uh, ice safety, including the uh, river 
in front of you with the report is a copy of the uh, of the presentation that was done in the uh, in the schools. The feedback that we re that the group received um, from these presentations was uh, quite uh, well. It was a very well done presentation. Um, the schools are hoping that uh, this presentation is, is something that uh, the group will do annually um, in, in the schools about how important it is to stay off that river ice. And uh, just to touch a little bit further, I'd like to uh, ask Mr. Harris to come forward and speak to us. Um, it was actually a very timely presentation. Um, it came out of uh, the RCMP Community Advisory Committee um, for some kind of presentation. Figured that off, uh, I think it was a Facebook post came out of some people out on the ice earlier. Um, since that initial Facebook came out, um, that there was actually a child who passed away falling through the ice down in Airdrie, um, which kind of put it back in the news again. And then we got this presentation ready to go, and then actually the night before, as the river was breaking up, uh, we had people out on the ice, um, right out close to the water's edge. Um, so some of those students were in the presentation, I believe the next day, or they were at the schools, and not the people there. So um, it was a good collaboration between RCMP and AHS and the fire department. We, I like to do those kind of things. I think mean, it brings more impact to the students when you see the different organizations there. And we were, the message we gave was fairly blunt in that if you did fall through the ice in the Peace River, you are dead. I mean, they said that, and we are not coming to get you. There's no way anybody can get you. The current in the river will take you under, and you will not be able to hold on to the edge um, for very long, and you'll be gone. Um, I think when we made that point, it, um, from the people observing the crowd, that was very impactful and I think they actually put their phones down at that point so, um, yeah so um, I think they varied it slightly to the younger uh, kids of the TA um, but with the older grades at the high schools uh, they kind of spoke the language and, and got across very well so uh, as Councillor Ford said we we'll hope to do it earlier um, probably whereas ICE is forming next year to reiterate uh, that fact we also stress, I mean, this, we can't say you never go out on ice because people go out on the ice. There's a pond hockey championship is on the ice on the lake. So there's a very big difference between river ice and lake ice. So I think that, um, that point was made clearly as well. Is there any other questions? Great, thank you very much. Tim, you didn't go, like, you didn't say you went to Good Shepherd or the elementary schools. Was that by design or you just couldn't get in there? I think some of the younger kids may, may be more apt to... Yeah, I'm not sure. Captain um, Mike Frank was the one who did a lot of the organizing for it um, with, uh, with AHS. So the AHS actually booked the schools. So I think they were looking at... Uh, the other kids generally is that age of kids that are the ones that are going out there. Um, the decision was made by the organizing committee to, to stick with the the junior high and, and the senior high school kids because they're the ones that are at the like, even with the stats that you see in, in the uh, in the presentation they're the 
the age group that's going out onto the ice where the younger kids are pretty, they're more very well supervised. And so it was done, uh, the preservation presentation was done specifically for those age groups. This is not like the 1970s when you grew up, Mr. Burr, and your parents would just let you out there and tell you to come back when the sun came down. <laughs> one, thing I would, back then. <laughs> one thing I would like to point out is uh, time burned. Time one with uh, with the AHS, Mike Crane with the Peace River Fire Department, and uh, uh, Constable uh, Jessica Wah with the RCMP. They took the idea and actually put this presentation together in approximately one week. Job really well done. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, next item is uh, Councillor Needham's report on the homeless conference. <coughs> Did you find a home for the conference or was it actually? <coughs> yeah, I, let's just leave that alone. <laughs> so the, uh, um, this topic has been before council before and I guess it's the Purple One group is the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the point of this discussion. So I'll, I'll let the briefing note speak for itself so hopefully everyone's had a chance to read through it. Um, what can I add? Well, maybe maybe a discussion about where to from here. Um, so to answer that question as to where to go from here. So on the weekend, North Peace Housing had a two-day planning retreat. So again, these are 12 municipalities. Um, the big players at that planning table would be the town of Peace River, the town of Manning, the town of Grimshaw, the town of Fairview, and there's other uh, locales, but of course they're much smaller. So the uh, homelessness uh, discussion came up and there was a discussion as to whether or not, um, if approached, uh, would North Beach Housing consider doing something in this area? And so the board members had this discussion. Um, when the round table discussion occurred, of course, uh, at Peace River was the only municipality that really expressed some concern that we think there's a need here. We don't know the, the need. We think it's perhaps, I'll use the word seasonal, maybe I'll use the word uh, transitional or transitory. Uh, are the, you know, so there was, it, it, so there was limited interest, but at the same time, they recognized that uh, Peace River would likely be the likely community that could perhaps try something. So um, it, it's going to get some ink in the North Peace Housing business plan and all that is to say that uh, because they are a housing management body they own property uh, most of the property is not suited for homeless men uh, like most of all suites of you know they're, they're two bedrooms I guess there are some one bedrooms but um, they're not really uh, designed for for a single man's sort of a hostile situation. But that being said, um, there was some interest to talk about it. So I, I think at the conclusion of that meeting and then uh, just again thinking of the briefing note that's before you, I think there was a desire, uh, well there is a desire, if someone, and I, I guess I'm looking at our FCSS, our FCSS department uh, by our CAO to perhaps uh, host uh, some sort of a follow-up meeting and uh, put those service delivery agencies in the room and I think it's pretty clear in, in my discussions and the work that I've had and it's largely 
preliminary, but uh, to go alone and just put up a, a building on a piece of property is that's I mean that's 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 an a, that's a reaction from your heart. It, it's 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 maybe what you want to do, but is it going to solve the problem? And no, it's not. And there's a whole bunch of other issues in terms of uh, cost. Uh, who's going to manage these facilities and, and the clients themselves. So um, I, I guess I would suggest if in the busy schedule of the CAO and of council, if uh, we could direct administration to go back, um, have a discussion with mental health, um, ADAC, uh, certainly North Peace Housing. I know these are not easy things to do, but try and pull all the players together and uh, again, I, I don't want to speak for North Peace Housing, but when it, if, if we were to ever get down to the bricks and mortars, I, I think there might be some options there uh, without approving another subdivision to put up a bunch of, of, of smaller smaller buildings uh, that we've seen. So I've been rambling for some time. Um, I was just going to leave it at that. If there's a question, please throw it out or I can, you can catch me afterwards. Person, Councilor Nino. So, Colin, in, in your view, and I guess I, I have my own views, like I, we don't know the magnitude of the problem. I personally prepared to say, you know, yeah, let's go and do something. We'll do X number of units, knowing that that's probably not enough. In your sense, if those discussions you had, would that be acceptable, or, or do you get into that? Because, I mean, if if the intention is that, you know, a bigger group would support. Facilities in Peace River, then the inference would be that, say, if there's a homeless person manning, they just put them on the bus and send them to Peace River, and then we would be able to hear. But if the facility has to kind of hand, handle that, then, then where are you at? Well, I, I guess that's one of the first research questions is to talk about the need and, and try and identify it. And I, you know, what, what you and I see on Main Street is one thing. Um, if you talk to the friendship people, the, the number that uh, the number I was given uh, was eight or nine. And, um, th these are people that again, um, um, you know, they, you, you need to have an address. You need to, you know, they, 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 the clients that are over there have significant challenges in terms of um, communicating with. Um, the community with themselves and with their family. I, I guess what I'm saying is there's some serious mental health issues and so we need to be cautious about just putting up a structure and directing somebody in there and then managing it. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious to go ahead, but I, I think it's worth worth the conversation, but I, 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 I don't see anybody landing on a solution tomorrow. Right, so what you're saying is it's not the supply that's the issue. It's the wraparound services to support these individuals that are homeless. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's um, and, and there are bigger centers. I mean, if you if you go back to provincial, there are seven communities that receive significant funding. The closest one here is Grand Prairie. So, you know, I you know I, I guess in the old Ralph Klein days, it was we'll put you on a bus and send you back to your point of origin. Wow, like. I don't know if anybody's suggesting that, but uh, I would imagine that Grand Prairie is going to develop something and they will certainly attract clients. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, so, 
So, Mr. Needham, you're suggesting that council direct the administration to uh, figure out something about hosting a, a conversation about homelessness and implications and I, so on? I, I think that's that's a fair summary, uh, Deputy Mayor. It's, I think there's lots of people in the service delivery agency business that are a lot closer to this topic than, than we are. Um, you know, the town needs, certainly needs to be at the table. Uh, again, one of the housing providers, North Peace Housing, is there. But again, there's all those other important services, and, and whether it's mental health and it's ADAC and it's job training, those are all the other. Uh, and, and I believe they're all uh, down the street here between the provincial building, and I'll, I'll call it the Wally Mysap building because I don't know the proper name of it, but right across from Village Sound. I think most of those agencies are represented, so I would hope that uh, uh, they, they would be able to pull those people together. So uh, are you recommending a motion? Well, yes, with all of that ramble, I'm not, uh, maybe, uh, maybe just in conclusion, I would uh, recommend that, uh, uh, I, I would suggest that uh, uh, administration host a, uh, a, a service providers uh, meeting to talk about homelessness and certainly the key invitees are uh, um, our own FCSS group obviously but uh, the North Peace Housing Group, Mental Health, ADAC, uh, perhaps Job Corps uh, and I'm sure I've missed another one as well. You want to make that motion uh, Deputy Mayor Ramsey? Uh, in, it, did Mr. Needham? Did you just make it? Did you make that? I, 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 I think I heard the deputy mayor say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we'll put her name down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's that? Uh, just a comment. Okay. Um, I, I tend tend to agree with uh, with Councillor Needham. Uh, the one thing I would like to point out is FCSS, or I shouldn't say FCSS, but the grants to groups. Yeah, FCSS. So FCSS just gave the Purple Run Society X amount of dollars, and I do believe some of those funds, if not all of those funds, were going to be possibly possibly used for a third-party assessment on, on a homelessness study within this region. So would it be, like I do agree with, with having that style of conversation, but would we tie that conversation in with this report that this group is doing to have that information as well? One part of that application, just to expand on that, was um, the Purple Run group. Uh, we discussed at length with them about having a facilitated conversation with FCSS essentially being the um, bringing the parties together to help facilitate that conversation. So the motion is um, perfect timing. Uh, I don't know that we'll do this immediately or if it would be an early fall. We wanna see where Purple Run is gonna go with their, um, their count or whatever the process they look into. And we haven't followed up with them post-conference to see where they're at and what their plans are forward. That was one of the plans though, so it's, we're all sort of on the same page, I think. Because they were, Purple Run was talking about using those funds to either go for a con, go to that a conference uh, in the city and or facilitate a third party study on, or if there's a homelessness issue in this region. Mm -hmm. 
And part of the conversation um, is that we've had with them is that a lot of that data probably exists, whether anecdotally or in a quantitative format by those existing agencies that are not currently part of their um, repertoire of individuals sitting at the table. A lot of that data is there. Um, we just need to have a conversation collectively to explore what they already have at their fingertips. So that, that was part of that conversation also. If they couldn't hire somebody to go out and do a homeless count, as a larger center would do, I'm not even certain that they needed to do that. It, the conversation with the agencies might uh, glean enough of the data from the what they currently have that we might have a better picture after a, a few discussions. So my question then is, is it valid to put forward a recommendation to have administration proceed with this at this time, or would it be better to bring it forward a little later in the year? Um, Could it not be on the books and the time be variable depending upon how the discussions go? Yeah, yeah. As, as if council understands, we might be talking a sort of four month time frame, um, depending on um, where Purple Rock is. That time frame lines up where I wasn't expecting. So we have a motion on table, I think we're sure we get to the very end of the table, but also we still need to do that. Um, what Mr. Needham had said? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is that good? Are you good? Do you understand that motion? Yes, and, 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 and I understand the intent of it and, and, and the wording of it. We'll, we'll, we'll look at having CSS physically uh, uh, being the charge of it, leading the charge here, and uh, we'll look at bringing in Mental Health, Job Corps, ADAC, and any other uh, organizations that we, uh, Northeast Housing probably, and any other of those other organizations that uh, might or might not be able to, do, uh, to get the discussion going. All in, all in favor? JBS. Uh, Ms. Lanzer, you had a uh, a walk a walk on or five walk ons. Okay, here goes. Um, MMMSA is holding an elected officials training uh, seminar November third and fourth. So anyone who's uh, maybe being elected next year, put November third and fourth down. This is training that um, uh, municipalities could say they've offered to the elected officials and whether the elected officials pick up on it, that is another question. So November 3rd and 4th, Friday and Saturday. Um, any questions about that? I, I sort of wonder why McKenzie Municipal Planning Services, is that their title? Or are they just yeah. McKenzie? McKenzie Municipal I, Services, Services Agency. Um, it has to do with, they usually have an annual um, seminar and it's been on such things as, um, I don't know, uh, land plans and assessments and so on. And I think when the CAOs uh, met with the um, admin at NSA, this was sort of the decision that they, 
Are you good with that? I just sort of see that it's an overreach by that. So, so what did happen? They did ask the uh, CAOs, okay, we get ahead of this training. Uh, this is useful. Um, we had always facilitated a training anyway, whenever new councils came in. Uh, so they said, do you want us to do it again? And the council and the CEO said, yes, we do. Uh, we wanted uh, to make sure that they would bring in some good people. Um, so it wouldn't just, you know, it would be a boring kind of event. And so they said, okay, well, we'll make sure that the training meets municipal affairs, um, basically requirements. So uh, they are in contact with municipal affairs. Municipal affairs has about five things that have to be uh, taken into uh, uh, account with that. And um, basically, uh, so if council goes to this, it meets the requirements. Uh, if a councillor doesn't go to it, there's other training that will be out there and offered also. But uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted to try and bring it for all the northern communities. And they're expecting about 100. They said the last time they, they offered it, the last one in 2013, uh, there was about 100 people that showed up. This one they expect about 150 because it's uh, uh, Basically, yeah, they're and, and it's uh, planning, they plan to hold it in uh, Peace River, so they hope that municipal um, elected officials in this area, including Grand Prairie, perhaps would uh, take advantage of it if they choose. So, this is a requirement of the new NDA, right? That it is for elected officials are required to take some sort of training. So, and the way that it works is unless you have it in your code of conduct uh saying that uh, if you do not attend these you will then be lashed a thousand times no not lashed or whatever whatever punishment you bring up um then there is no consequence for you not doing that what it is is municipalities must offer it counselors don't have to take it unless it's in your code of conduct where are we with our code of conduct Code. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, it's actually going to be coming. Uh, so when we found this out uh, two weeks ago, we're now speeding up the code of conduct. It's going to include lashes. <laughs> Sorry. With wet noodles. We don't have sick leave, so uh, don't do that one. <laughs> okay, the, the next one, um, the um, uh, uh, Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting. Um, date to note, June 3rd and 4th will be the powwow on the Ag Grounds. Uh, June 21st is Aboriginal Day, and that evening will also be the opening of the Aboriginal Art Show. And uh, good news, uh, apparently Peace River sent two teams to participate in the Western Native Hockey Competition in Saskatoon. And those, uh, at least one representative from the team was quite impressed well, maybe depressed about the facility there, realizing how good Peace River already had it, sort of thing. So it's kind of a twist on it. Uh, August 13th to 17th, the Aboriginal Indigenous Games will be held in Edmonton, which is a big to-do, apparently. So I'm just mentioning these dates in case you can go to any of these things. Any questions on that? Yeah, so the Aboriginal uh, hockey teams was one a female hockey team, the other one a male hockey You know, I don't know. My impression was it was uh, younger uh, children. Okay, I won't press you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Maybe it was female, I don't know. Um, Mrs. Wendy Goulet was one of the parents that went, I think. <clears throat> Uh, the third thing, uh, Peace Regional Library System, uh, good news there, they are 
getting the second year of an indigenous grant to the tune of 200 plus thousand, which is to be used by the system to help individual libraries encourage indigenous um, peoples to use libraries and provide a few um, projects perhaps. Um, also, the good news, uh, AUMA and AAMDC, those of you that went, perhaps you remember motions uh, asking about um, funding for library headquarters. Well, the provincial government ha has um, given out, I forget how much it is, but our Peace River Library System will have $1,010,000 to renovate their building. The Marigold one, which was the big ask, is getting 3.5 million, and they still need two more to apparently uh, deal with their headquarters. Any questions on that? Lastly, I was at a watershed. I, I don't know if everybody knows where the Peace Library building is. So maybe it's in Grand I, Prairie. And it's so if you, where Forestry is or Costco, it's in that oh, yeah. industrial area. But it was a purposely built um, building, apparently, uh, which is maybe strange for some of the rest who took over various I, buildings. I guess I'm, what I'm pointing out is it's in an industrial park, not in a downtown. Mm -hmm. That'd be like a school division. They're opposite a school because somebody from the school keeps taking a pylon and putting it on top of one of their vans. Maybe you know those orange pylons? <laughs> maybe they'll move that facility to Peace River from Grand Prairie. Uh, some hope. Um, anyways, uh, the next one at a watershed meeting today, um, just note AGM is at the Saw Ridge on May 26th. The speaker, speaker will be Mr. Michael Church, and he's talking about the regulation of the peace changing a mighty river. Um, watershed uh, group has funding issues. Basically, the timing of its uh, grant is um, kind of unknown, I guess you'd say. Their year-end ends at the end of March, as other government things do, but um, their grant seems to take a long time to uh, arrive. Last year it was in August, so there's big discussions about whether they will be cutting um, um, staff and so on until that grant arrives, because basically they're out of money, we're not <coughs> able to um, uh, pay too many bills in May. Also, there's an implication from some discussions that the director has had that, gee whiz, you watershed groups, you should be um, almost self-funded. Yes, we do provide a grant, and that should be for core business, but the rest of it, uh, somehow your partners should be contributing. And she's told them, not in these days. So That's it. Thank you. Okay, so maybe a motion to accept uh Items uh, 10.1 and 10.3 as board, all in favor? Um, for administration, uh, the clock at the back of the room is stopped. So it's 25 minutes late. <coughs> and I'm, I noticed that because I was hoping to be out of here by 7 o'clock. Um, but that won't be the case. So uh, that takes us to information. Uh, there's only one item under information. Um, I'm looking at this, and this is essentially a request, so shouldn't this be a debatable item about whether we should, should uh, 
support, make a voluntary contribution to the FCM's legal fund. Not that I want to debate now, but uh, I'm not sure why this is actually under information. Uh, we felt the council actually wanted to um, uh, make a motion that could. We, the administration didn't feel like uh, um, that, that this really was uh, a worthwhile item to actually support. So we didn't put an RFP on it. I'll put some information out there that I noticed the MD of Peace has contributed $50 towards this fund. That's this information for you. I, I'm just curious why, why not. I mean, like, there's lots of times for these kind of agreements where one individual in Municipality cannot support that or challenge them on their own, where you, with the group you can do that. Just recently in Saskatchewan, the public school boards. Uh, so the summary accord and it's now been determined in Saskatchewan that public students uh, cannot attend a separate school system. Uh, and thought some first what that would imply for Alberta or whether the public schools would support them in there. But I think personally, I, I would support this. I mean, we're only it's less hundred bucks. I thought maybe yours can take it out of you know in your petty cash fund or something, pay for it. Make a motion. I'll make a motion that uh, the town of Peace River, you know, provide whatever. Well, maybe, maybe, well, why not, hold on, maybe we should um, discuss it more. Discuss it more, so bring it, maybe a motion to bring it back there again. All right, I'll make a motion to bring this back to PG meeting. Yeah. All in favor? Okay, um, so that, uh, are there any, takes us out of information? Are there any notices of motion, uh, Mr. Funkin? There are not, Your Worship. And uh, that, uh, I don't see uh, any individuals from the lay public here today. Um, so I'm assuming there won't be any comments from the public. Um, that takes us to key communication items. I will uh, let the press perhaps uh, <coughs> underscore which items were of, of public note. Probably want to highlight that the recreational, the rec, the new recplex, uh, the tenders will be put out in the next uh, few days, and oh, we, there have been uh, five bidders, five bidders pre-qualified, and pardon me. Um, it's, well, you can just, I think. Well, you don't want to get into the into the details. So five individuals, you can talk to me, or uh, best yet, uh, talk to the uh, one of the two or both of the board members on the recreational committee, uh, Mr. Sawchuk and uh, Ms. Becky, and uh, and then within uh, three weeks, we expect to have awarded the tender, and there's a tentative. Sod turning ceremony for June the 13th. 
the uh, the tax rate bylaw is something that I think needs to be out there. Yeah, I can comment on the tax rate bylaw. Okay. And uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer suggested to me, you, you'd be surprised how much interest there is in uh, in spring cleanup and fall cleanup uh, weeks. Is there any other ones that you want to get? Why don't we uh, take a break here and you can get your uh, sound bites for the uh, 